Welcome to She Who Believes, the podcast. for our declaration and it comes from Luke 1 and verse 45. This week we'll be declaring it from the King James Version. We ask that you do two things. That when you get to the word she or woman, depending on which version you choose, you can choose whichever version you prefer. But this week we're doing it from the King James Version. When you get to that word, replace that word with your name. Make this declaration personal and then believe it. Those are the two things we ask. And even if you can't do those things yet, we'll still ask you to declare it with us because we know very soon as you declare the word of God, you're going to see it manifest in your life. So here we go. And blessed is Vivian that believed for there shall be a performance of those things which were told to her from the Lord. This week, I'm going to jump right in because I'm sure the title of this podcast alone have many of you wondering what in the world is she talking about? The title of today's podcast is the sin that God can't touch. So I'm just going to jump right in and tell you there is a particular sin that God cannot touch, but this particular sin is different for everyone. Yep, I said it, not confused, though it sounds confusing. There is one particular sin that God cannot touch in your life. And that sin is different than the sin that's in my life or the the wrong or decision or habit that's in someone else's. Let me just tell you the story, okay? It was uh, several weeks back. I found myself having a vision of me doing something that I had not done in years. Um, it was something that I had prided myself on not doing for a really long time. Now, I'm sure you just picked up on the word pride and maybe the word telling us that um, to not think of ourselves um, as if we've licked a thing or overcome something and to be careful or else we'll fall. Or maybe the scripture that says that pride comes before a fall immediately came to your, your thoughts. But, but I want to finish my story before we jump into that boat. Now, immediately I began to rebuke the thought of the vision that I had seen. I began to make declarations of God's strength in my life, and we should do those things. And um, we should definitely come against things that are not God's will for us and, and thoughts that are not God's will for us or thoughts that may um, want to tempt us to do certain things. Yet I want to tell you that 24 hours later, that very vision that I saw, it played out in my life. Immediately, my spirit sank. I felt condemnation looming around, and as the self-disdaining disdaining thoughts crept close, guess what happened? The Lord spoke to me ever so gently and he reminded me of when Peter was told that he would deny him when he was going to deny Jesus himself. Now, I believe that Peter really believed in his heart that he would never do such a thing. I don't believe that it was because he had this false arrogance and he was so prideful and he had all these other thoughts in his heart that I've actually heard preached and maybe you've heard preached before, not saying that your preacher or my preacher or any other preacher who preached it, even though I don't think I've ever heard my pastor preach it in this way, but, um, I don't believe that they were 
off or wrong or the message that they were trying to teach at that time. I'm going to just say that I believe that Peter's heart's intentions were pure. He knew that he loved God and he would never intentionally on purpose do something that would shame God and especially not deny him. He just didn't believe he would do that. I don't believe he had any intentions of doing so. Um, And I believe that God knew his heart just as he knows all of our hearts. And he lets us know that he looks at the heart of a man. But beyond that, God needed Peter to know that he, God knew ahead of time what Peter would do, yet he still chose him. Then God showed me just how I had given a particular thing in my life too much weight, how it was the only thing I allowed a foot in for condemnation in that way in my life. I could seem to accept God's grace so easily in other areas, just not in this particular place. It was almost like um, a life or death thing. And I, and I know that sin is life or death and our words can create life or death. But I, I, I can't really find the words to um, explain, uh, prolificate and, and just, um, Lord, help me because I need the people. I know that this word that you've given me is for your people right now. So just speak through me, Lord, as I always ask you to do when I'm standing to deliver your word. So you'll make it clear and you'll touch their hearts. So it was like I couldn't accept God's grace in this particular area for this one thing. Like I had believed or come to believe that if I hadn't kicked this thing on my own permanently, that I was going to lose everything, that every promise God had made me was hinging on this one particular thing and that there was no grace for it. Now, I know you're thinking that sounds crazy because the word of God says that his grace is sufficient. And we know that in reality, the reality of the truth of God, that God's grace is sufficient for every situation. But unless I believed it for this particular thing, it would not be so. Not because it's not actually so and it's not truth, but because I personally carried the burden of something God paid for years ago. That unless I let it go, the grace of God wasn't sufficient for that situation because I didn't believe it to be. And I, I didn't even realize that that was what was happening, but I blessed the name of the Lord because he gives us revelation. He, he brings us wisdom and knowledge and understanding. And when we latch onto that thing and accept the truth of his word in every area of our lives, oh man, I'll just say the blood works everywhere. It was all, but it was almost as if I was telling God that the blood he shed for me was not sufficient for this particular thing. Now I hear the growls and the oohs and the oh my goodness and I can't believe and Miss She Who Believes. That's right, but that's how I become Miss She Who Believes because God speaks and I believe his word. And so when he says to me, Vivian, this place right here on the inside of you, I can't get to it. I can't touch it. He's exposing it, as I told you before, because he wants to heal. Anytime God exposes a thing, it's not for our detriment. It is not to break us or to leave us broken. God loves us too much. And so as you hear me and you might think, wow, this is nuts. This is crazy. But then there's some of you who have identified with it. And for those of you who are prideful and pretending that you have not identified with it, let me ask you this. What's your thing? What is the one thing that you have been manipulated into believing that is unforgivable by God? You've been manipulative, <laughs> as the character of Mr. Brown says on um, one of Tyler Perry's movies. He said, I will not be manipulative. Um, but anyway, I digress. What's your thing? What's the one thing that the enemy has convinced you that 
has become a stronghold in your mind without you even realizing it. Because that's the thing I'm speaking to today. That's the thing that I command the word of God to break that stronghold from over you with. God is just to forgive us for all of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The word also tells us that there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So why is it that we believe that we are too dirty for God's blood to cleanse us when his blood was shed once for all sin? And all means all. All includes my sins and it includes yours. Now, I have a question for you. Would you ever, if you could just stand face to face with God or while you're face to face with him in his presence and he's uh, apparently present with you and he's there and you know how you're in this place of worship and you can feel the presence of God so strongly. Would you interrupt or break that moment and look and tell God, Lord, what you've done for me, your sacrifice is not sufficient enough. I need you to shed your blood again. That sounds crazy, right? But do you know that it is that is exactly what we do every single time we believe that something we have done is so far away from God that he can't reach out and get it better yet that he cannot reach out and get us. The reality is, is that our Savior has promised to never leave us nor forsake us and he is not a man that he should lie. God will never go back on his word. So now if you haven't noticed, we're back to the place that we always come back to every single week. What do you believe? Will you believe the report of the Lord? The one that tells you that all your sins are forgiven? Or will you choose to continue to believe the lies that the enemy may have been speaking to you since you were a child? The enemy manipulating you was his choice. That's his MO, his mode of operation. But now that he's been uncovered, now that we've unmasked him and you realize that that spot, that place that you had that one particular thing, and you may say, well, mine isn't a sin, but maybe it's a habit. And maybe it's a habit that's not particularly your sin, but it has become a weight. Because the word says for us to throw off every sin and weight that so easily besets us, right? To take off the weight. So what's weighing you down in your spirit? What's um, manipulating you to believe that God can't touch that spot? Because for as long as you believe it, he won't touch that. He won't be able to touch that spot. Not because God doesn't desire to and because now his arms are too short. Honey, there's nothing that can stop our God. Only our belief. That's why his word says that Without faith, it is impossible to please him in Hebrews 11. But then it tells us also in Ephesians 6, that it is our faith that is the only thing that quenches every fiery dart that the enemy hurls at us. So today I want to help you quench the dart of his lies. To quench the darts that he sends you to tell you that because you haven't lit this particular thing that you're hell bound or that you are not God's child. Well, I want to remind you that the word tells us that the work that God started in us, he'll perform it till the day of Jesus Christ. So that means he's going to perfect you, perfect me, perfect us all day by day, day after day. Just keep getting up. Just keep answering the call. Just keep saying yes to God. He will continue to renew your strength. And before you know it, You'll have years in between the time you did that thing last. And then before you know it, you'll have decades and centuries, if you uh, live centuries, um, where that thing no longer is an issue for you. But until that time, that thorn in your side, just keep giving it to the Lord. Keep getting up and doing exactly what he said and keep right on believing that God's word is true, 
that the promises he's made you already exist. So have the faith to pull them from heavenly, the heavenly realm down to this earthly one. Because everything that is already yours, that God has promised, already has your name on it. It's yours. So let your faith go to work today. Whose report will you believe? I'm going with Jesus' report today. And I'm going to go with it every single time. I pray you will give yourself the grace to do the same. For our God has already given us the gift of grace. We need only to accept it. You are listening to the podcast, She Who Believes. Thank you for joining us today. May your faith be counted unto you as righteousness.